Well, thank you so much for joining us once again. It is the Nightly Pleasures Podcast, where I'm spending 2023 trying to get a new piece to you every week, trying to make my patrons very happy every month, and maybe trying to stop going more insane. Wouldn't it be nice if I became less so? Kind of trying to dive back towards something I would have called the light, although I definitely don't call it that anymore, because if you are all standing in the light, then Baby, I'm some kind of gremlin in the dark. I'm still always going to be a little bit different and an outsider. And I'm tired of using language that denotes good or bad. Boy, that's kind of a heavy intro, isn't it? I know. But I went nuts. Okay? And I acknowledge that. And acknowledging that was very freeing. And I think it's helped my, my mental health out a great deal. So we're six for six on this road to recovery. Uh, feels absolutely wonderful. Hope you're enjoying all of the new pieces and everything that we're doing this year. Um, I, I, I'm enjoying making them. I, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Uh, and I thought, well, you know, you're having fun uh, with all this. Why not ruin it with just a slight deviation into COVID talk? <gasps> I know, I know. Oh, it's so scary, but that's why Allie is so good at timestamping when you can just go ahead and skip all over this if you find it just too upsetting or scary-wary or anything else. I understand that I was insane, but can we, can we... Can we admit that I was also pretty fucking on the money, right? <laughs> can we can we also say that if you if you look at records of predictions and everything else, I would take my tone back, I would change my candor, I would change a whole lot else. But the actual record of predictions pretty fucking good. And the one that I want to talk to you today, just because it's kind of giving me a sense of joy. It's, it's one of those, like, well, maybe it's a good thing, right? Like, it's not fun to talk about death and disease. It's not good. But when people talk about death and disease in past tense, they, yeah, they suddenly get a little bit more uh, upbeat, don't they? Talking about in the present and future tense, I think a lot of minds are just not built to handle that. But when we talk about past tense, I remember my history teacher great teacher. I really thought she was uh, in high school. She was fucking giddy about the Black Death and all of the changes that happened afterwards and how cool they were. She was all about it. Uh, she perked right up. She was glowing whenever she was talking about that shit. Right? Oh, the Black Death is horrible. But it didn't happen to us, so here's the fun parts. And I kind of think that that's just the way people are, are built a little bit. Well, I, I have to say, an early prediction that I made uh, about the way that everything would shake out is that work was going to change. It was going to change rather dramatically, and it was going to change rather permanently. And I, without looking for them, swear to Christ, uh, just, you know, perusing through the old internet magazines and what have you, I came across two different articles this week talking about how there's only two kinds of businesses left. Those are who are preparing for the paradigm shift in offices and office space and those who are going to get slammed by it. 
Now, we'll see if these predictions turn out to be true or not, but it is utterly fascinating to me. Downtowns in America have always been a bit shit. As far as I can tell, after the automobile era began, they largely have been places of what has historically been called white flight, but but now could be probably be referred to as something better. I'm not quite sure of the exact terminology. But you get done with your financial job at 5 o'clock, and then you drive a half hour uh, back to a suburb, um, and that's where you spend your evening, because you're not going to live downtown with all those people. Ugh. Well, what happens to the whole of cities and infrastructure if this change keeps happening? If instead of being these magnets for all the people that have to have to commute in every single day and then have to commute out or want to commute out every single day uh, and then all the businesses effectively shutting down by 8 p.m. or so around that area because who are, who are they servicing? Everybody's going home. Everybody's gone home. All of that dead space, it appears to be really hollowing out. The statistics I, I read, the two articles, they varied, because, of course, different measurements are going to get different results. But there's a lot more empty storefronts up, and there's a good chance that you're seeing them wherever you live in the world if you're looking at downtown areas. There's a lot more empty storefront, because who are they servicing, right? They had a captive audience. They had people that were forced to come in, forced to be there. Now they're not. And so looking at these two articles, one of them predicted that we're going to change everything into housing. I say fat chance. Be lovely if it happened. Really, really interesting if it happened. Fat chance. Too, too, too much money is tied up in real estate. Uh, too many people are happy to watch the number always go up. You fix the housing supply. You increase the housing supply. That plummets real quick. Uh, we'll see. The other was much more interesting to me. They're talking about a freeze on markets and how we're going to have to actually start looking in the U.S., because other places, of course, do it, at mixed-use buildings. A building with a gym on the first floor, and then a restaurant on the second floor, and then residential buildings uh, from floor three up, maybe even like a second lobby uh, somewhere up in there that's also commercial-use space. Mixed-use spaces! This is always been of interest to me. I'm no architect. I was going to say archaeologist. Ha. Uh, I, I'm no commercial designer. You know, my entire... Uh, uh, the whole of my credentials when it comes to this subject matter is I played Sim City and City Skylines. Uh, and that's, that's about it. Uh, I, I'll, I'll read stuff about infrastructure because I know what the ladies like. But I... I, I I've always found it really interesting. I've always come at it from a humanitarian perspective. Uh, sorry, humanities perspective. Boy, I'm getting the words mixed up left and right. Uh, one of my favorite authors of all time is named Ishmael Reed. Just happened to come across him when I was a young man, and then I really liked his essays, and then his novels are out of this world insane, out of this world nuts, uh, and very, very interesting. And in one of his essays that gripped me early on, he talked about the incredible darkness of the American white suburb that he didn't know existed until he was a, uh, a college professor 
and he read first-hand account essays from these kids, often from well-to-do neighborhoods, well-to-do on the outside families that he assumed were having pretty okay lives, and just reading about all the addiction in their family, all the anger issues, all the untreated mental illness. And in this essay, he concluded it with the idea that the real sin of the American suburbs was that they made silence sacrosanct. They made the idea that this is this quiet little strip, this quiet little community, and there's no noise and nothing's wrong. That was the real darkness. That's where all of these these horrible things were allowed to fester. And ever since I read that, I've often thought like, wow, mixed use sounds kind of great if that thesis is correct. If these, if these suburbs and, and all of the darkness that they allow to propagate, that they allow to further, uh, exist because of isolation, which of course mental, mental disease loves isolation, eh? if, if that really is true, then just changing the culture, right, changing to more mixed-use buildings, going more vertical, would help people's mental health, their physical health, all of their health together. It would definitely help the epidemic of loneliness that exists in the U.S. that is, in my in humble estimation, growing. And again, I have no idea where any of this is going in the future. I really don't. But I, I think it's fascinating that just talking about how we're no longer going to prop up these sky rises in our downtowns, you know, the buildings that make out the skylines, and then all of the little businesses around them that essentially feed almost parasitically uh, off the people forced to go there and, and, and do it for employ, that that could radically change the way that our cities look and behave. Just that change. Now, again, who knows if this happens or not, but... In the interest of more talking about the fun science stuff that I did two weeks ago, I want to believe, and I want to see it. I hope the work-from-home revolution continues on unabated. I hope it picks up steam. And I, I hope these juggernauts begin to fall like dominoes. And then whatever comes of these buildings, it really can't be worse than what we've had. That's... That's what I really sink my teeth into, right? If you, if you buy the theory that I'm presenting that these, that these buildings and all of the area around them have essentially been turned into money factory ghost towns, that, you know, they become ghost towns after a certain hour in the day, then it's almost impossible to imagine any use of these buildings being worse. So... May, may all of your bosses think that working from home is suddenly cooler, or may they get real sick and die. One of the two. Because again, it's all right if we all benefit from it after the fact. So you just, you just got to live through that bumpy stage real quick, and then everything, everything will be better. <laughs> I'm so much fun, aren't I? Another thing I just want to talk about, just because I think it's kind of funny... Uh, it is funny watching Elon Musk uh, biff it. I, I know I'm coming into this one kind of late. Uh, but as a longtime hater of him, 
I, I gotta say, I think it's absolutely fascinating watch this guy wheel and deal, uh, very much feeling like the old Roadrunner cartoons and the coyote going off the edge of the cliff. There's not, it's like, Elon, there's not, there's not ground there, but he, but he really wants to seem to believe that there is. And as, as a hater who will read about infrastructure, one of the most interesting articles I ever read this is, this is, even though I already had a bad opinion about this guy, this is where everything really fermented in, oh, he's an idiot. Have you ever heard the phrase alien dreadnought? If you're a big Elon Musk fan, there's a chance that you did. Essentially, Elon Musk promised before bringing his first mass-produced car, or Tesla's first mass-produced car to market, the 3, the Model 3, uh, Elon Musk promised that basically he was going to reinvent industry. Not the automobile industry, but industry. When you think about what a factory is, or when you think about what a workshop is, you may not have any good concept of the tools. I'm no machinist, I don't either. But we have an idea. You got your control panel over here, you got your electricity, you got your people, they're moving things from one end to another, they assemble them, they, they, they do the quality check, they, they put the product out over and over again, hopefully with precision. Uh, but, but, you know, that's a basic idea of raw materials and various, I was going to say ingredients, but various mechanisms go in one side, uh, lots of spanners, lots of wrenches, lots of uh, circuitry, and out comes a finished product on the other side of the line. That's industry, right? Elon Musk essentially promised at a certain point that he was going to not do it that way anymore. He was going to have conveyor belts that were simply going to zip all of the various components for a car. There's lots. Even an, even an electric vehicle that doesn't have as many parts. Cars have a lot of parts. So these conveyor belts were just going to be automated, and then they'd pretty much do all the assembly work as well. Like it was an alien dreadnought. A, a, spa a dreadnought's a, a ship. An alien dreadnought that was capable of manufacturing new things. Literally the premise of one of the newer Star Wars movies is that they had a ship that was making other stuff inside the fucking ship the whole way through. Oh, wow, that's Star Wars, you know, where there's, like, magic space swords and shit. That's how far away that concept really is from the rest of us. <laughs> well, guess what? Didn't work out. They spent all of this time making these tracks, making these conveyor belts, and then they had to rip them all the fuck out and go back to people in assembly lines doing everything. But not only that, because the conveyor belts didn't work and they had obligations to make a certain amount of product per year, Model 3, they actually opened up a tent. They opened up a tent. You know, like you don't want to see cars being made inside of. A tent, you know, the thing they prop up to to sell fireworks. You know, the thing you prop up in nature to, to get away just to get a little bit of extra shelter. You know, a fucking tent. 
they actually had to make the Model 3s in the tent to get to the right amount of numbers per quarter in order to, to keep their stock guidance where it was. And then Elon Musk, at no point, at no point did he admit that there was anything wrong with the conveyor belts or anything else. He was bragging about how cool it was that people were making things in a hot tent in California instead of his alien dreadnought working. The article is so long. It's from 2017, 2018. It's a very long article. It's like 100 paragraphs long, from what I remember. And it just goes into just the basic details of, this was so dumb. This conveyor belt idea was so dumb. Like, as a child, you can imagine it, but as an adult signing off on it, are you out of your mind? And it's not that he was so dumb doing it, right? That's visionary, and people get things wrong. I get that. I understand that. It's that he could not, could not admit it, and his ego even made him take to Twitter to brag about a tent, about a tent that cars were being haphazardly manufactured in. I think that that's simply incredible. And people still didn't wake up, still didn't wake up after Pedo Guy. I guess a lot more of them did at that point. Uh, you can you can look that one up on your own. Isn't that a fun thing to, to search? But Musk Pedo Guy. Uh, but boy, I guess... Since people don't have a lot of respect for social media, even if they're even if they're addicts, even if they're addled on it, watching this guy just struggle and watching people like the realization sinking of like, huh, huh, I really, I, I thought this, I thought this guy was going to build a Mars base. Well, from somebody who read about how he couldn't construct conveyor belts to fucking work around a goddamn factory floor. I knew he was never going to make a space base. Never, no way, nah. uh So, it's been kind of fun watching other people come to that realization. It's the most interesting thing that I've seen happen to the dude bro culture since cryptos crashed like a motherfucker. You know all those guys in your life who were talking about crypto, easy money, how rich they were going to be, crypto, 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 and then got real silent. Kind of the same thing. Very fun. Uh... You know, just being a few years ahead of the curve on this one is pretty interesting, and it has lightened me up a fair bit. This is me trying to be less insane. I don't know if it's going well. I feel pretty okay. Uh, I'm, I'm enjoying throwing myself into work. I'm enjoying playing everything out. I'm enjoying being 7 for 7, baby. 7 for 7 out of 52. We're kind of getting up there. If you time 7 by 7, you get to 49, and that's just plus 3 to get to 52. Ah, oh, that's pretty fucking great. You, could see, you should see the math I'm going to whip out on you next week. <laughs> but this is, this is me just trying to have a little bit of pleasure and enjoyment from life, even if things are kind of screwball, kind of uh, ramped up to, uh, to a high degree. Thank you very much for joining me in doing it. You know what you deserve for listening to me rant about all kinds of crazy shit going on. Hmm? You deserve a story. And you deserve a good one. Don't be shy about sending those requests in. Do you understand that 52 minus 7 means 45? 
I have so many more of these things to make this year. I want to make them good for you. I want to make you enjoy them. And every single time someone's excited that I did their request, it makes me beam. Really, truly. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's quite a privileged position. So, won't you consider what that fantasy request is and send it on my way? And won't you do it right after enjoying this piece? Oh, you have to be fucking kidding me. Oh, you have to be fucking kidding me, lady. Come on. Come on. Ah, it's been a week. Mm. It has been six days, 23 hours, and 50-some minutes. Come on. Oh, oh, baby, 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 baby. Are you kidding me? Mm. The look on your face tells me you're enjoying this, yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh, my God, this has been the worst. This has been the worst. Oh. No, the first couple of nights were fine. I miss touching you. I miss sleeping with you. I miss just being in the same room as you as you're driving me insane and reading. Oh, I don't know how you do that right before bed. But honestly, just because I could get to sleep so much easier alone didn't make it better. I still woke up in the morning... Longing. Needing. Mm. Mm -mm. I know we've gone without sex for way fucking longer. That's the whole thing. You didn't find a therapist, okay? You found a witch doctor. And I don't like the spell that she cast. Mm. (laughs) Hey, I said doctor at the end of it. Oh, all right. It's true. I I don't have the most positive view of her right now, but can you blame me? I I try and be proactive. I try and be a supportive partner. I agree with the whole couples therapist thing. We talk for a couple weeks and then this fucking homework. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Not being able to touch you or fuck you or kiss you, or even lie in the same bed as you for a week has done me in. You hear me? It's absolutely collapsed me. I'm a shell of a man. I don't even know if I'm a man anymore. And you actually are going to wait for that goddamn timer to go off. Well, I'm glad it was your guiding light, but you know what mine was? My throbbing fucking erection. Mm, you don't know. No, you don't know. Ladies might get blue balls, but not in the same way. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't compare. Mm-mm. Oh, it's so strange not being able to see you come out of the shower. It was so strange having different bathroom times and making sure that we couldn't cross paths like that. This has been fucking arduous. I have done things. Things I'm not proud of. This has got to be at the top of them. You feel accomplished? Oh, can I call you a liar? Would you be offended? Would it turn everything off? I know it's not too late for me to unseal this deal. Well, then you're a liar. 
Oh, you're more of a liar than an upstanding harp. Absolutely not. You're not proud of this. You hated it. You hated it. This wasn't Everest. This was the Mariana Trench. Come on, baby. Baby. Mm. Oh, a whole fucking week. Can I tell you the truth? The only reason I agreed to this, well, the only two reasons, is one, I thought it would be a lot easier. I did. I did. I thought it would be a lot easier than this, because, again, we've, we've gone with that for longer. But two, ah, just the fact that this was our homework for a whole week, for, for basically two weeks of trying it out, and then we didn't have to go to the session, and then we didn't have to pay. I was like, come on, that's money in the bank. That's, that's fantastic. And then don't have to put on pants for a day. Ah, mm. just being honest with you, hot stuff. Oh, my God. Mm. Mm -hmm. This is why biblical marriages did work out, besides the fact that you died by the age of 30. But besides that fact, this is why they worked so well, is because you would be so attracted to the person that you could only meet during, like, family events. Yeah. And then you could never be alone with them and touch them. And so, like, you'd have everything built up in your head, and then by the time you could actually, you know, erupt, well, that'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? Oh, my God. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, I'm finding religion right now. I'll pray to whichever direction it needs to go, too. Up, down, Sideways, wherever Buddha lives, I will pray. Mm-mm-mm. Baby, you got me more spun around than somebody fucking in space trying to pray to Mecca. I don't know what you want from me. Baby. <laughs> Did that work? Are you super attracted to me now? Yeah. I <sighs> kind of figured it wouldn't work, but that was honestly in my heart. Can I pounce you the moment the phone goes off? Can I? Can I really? No? <laughs> oh, okay, that's fair. No, I've waited this long. Hmm. It's like if I was this long-haul trucker and, like, I was right about to get home, like, I'm just seeing the city limit signs, and then as soon as we're there and the skylines and the distance, ah, oh, there's a traffic jam that nobody was expecting and everyone's going to have to take a detour, and it's like, God damn it. But if you have to do it, you have to do it. And lady, just like that metaphor, I will go any direction I need to go from here to get that load where it needs to go. You know what I'm saying? <sighs> oh, you make me want you.
Oh, you do. I really have missed you. Mm-hmm. It really is special. <sighs> I know. I know. And if you're going to put me in the icebox for another week for touching you, so be it. But I'm going to hold your hand just for a minute. I'm going to lace our fingers together. Mm-hmm. <sighs> See, this is why I'm doing this, though, because not only does it, like, test the limits and all that, not only do I get to touch you, and that's very satisfying, but um, also it, it lets me know that you're horny as fuck, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Because otherwise you wouldn't care. And then just like like we're in middle school again, you see how I'm just I'm going in between two of your fingers with one of mine? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. What if I went real slow and easy? Hmm? No, 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 no. Not penetration. Just touching you. Mm-hmm. Just like we're doing now. What if I I go from the palm up your wrist and just kind of touch you there? Oh, what if I just zigzag up and down your wrist, making little waves? Uh-huh. Mm. Just take the end of my manicured nails because I've had all the extra time to look and think about them and just perform little little half eclipses little half circles with them mm. and move closer up and down towards your elbow real gentle Real easy, looking ahead, not trying to seduce you at all. See, if we both if we both look at the wall while I'm touching you like this, it doesn't count. Mm-hmm. And then just sort of take my fingertips in and rub them inside your elbow. You'll notice a theme here. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? Mm. I think so. I think that's very nice. Mm. Just kind of start touching your bicep, rubbing with two fingers now, like I'm buffing something out. Oh, God, you feel good. Mm. Just getting to the top of your shoulder. Oh, then back down again. Back up. And back down again. Oh, my God. Mmm. Mmm. 
It's your fault. Um, just sort of play with your hair. Little flicks. Little pincer between my index and middle finger and pull it down. There we go. Mm. Oh, man. Mm. Mm -mm. Oh, my God. How long has it been? I know it's been a week, you jerk face. I'm asking how long it's been since I looked at it. I thought... What do you mean? But... There's no beep. There's no vibration. Oh, God damn it! Are you serious? Oh, my God. You toggled it off? Oh, that's it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Has to be missionary. Mm-mm. Oh, see, look at how nice these fucking panties are. You have wanted this the entire time, haven't you? Oh, fuck me, you're beautiful. Fuck, I love how hard your nipples are. fucking life. Oh, and I'm including five paragraph essays. Mm. Mm. Oh, fuck me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Look me in the eyes, baby. Don't close them. Come on. Keep them open. I know it's hard. I want to see your face. I want to see your eyes. Uh-huh. Oh. Fuck, baby. Don't you stop. Squeeze me, baby. Uh-uh. I can't hold back. I fucking need you. I can't hold back. I fucking need you. Ah. Oh. Ah. Oh. Mm-hmm. 
I missed you. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Ah, oh. Oh. Mm. Oh. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh. Oh. I think I blew my back out. Oh. You're just gonna be trapped underneath my flesh for a bit there. Oh my god. Mm. Baby. Mm. Oh. Oh. I'm sure I meant every word of it as I said it. Mm. <laughs> yes, I meant it all. Oh my god, the torture was terrible. Let me let me process it my own way. Hold out your hands. Hold them towards the ceiling. Because I want to trace your... I want to trace the lines on your... The lines on your palms. Mm-mm. Nope, I can't read them. Mm-mm. No, I just want to touch them. And I just missed them. The texture of your hands. Oh, I miss so many of your textures. But I touch your hands more than anything else. When walking along, when we're in the kitchen together, when you're just trying to get my attention, you poke me. You grasp me and you hold me. Mm. So it's your hands. Ah, it's your hands that I feel more than anything else. Mm. Oh. oh my god. Oh my god. Oh. 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 I really do love you, you know. Mm-hmm. Ah, there's no way I could have done this if I didn't. You know, just drive me crazy. You drive me crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. You don't just make me want every part of you. You make me want to want every part of you. Hmm. And touch every part of you. And I'm sorry that I haven't been. <sighs> but we gotta find a better way to communicate. Because I missed you too much. Even if I'm occasionally going to sleep in the guest room, 
It's okay if you do too. Mm -hmm. It's okay if you need time apart. Just not that much. Because I will fucking miss you.